Cards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Seventh Generation Warfare. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. Oh yes, it is Monday, October 16th in the year 2023. Man, we have not had a Bards FM show here for like over a week, probably almost 10 days. Pretty wild last four and a half weeks, almost five weeks. It's been amazing a number of things that have gone on and a lot of great experiences, great stories, which we're going to kind of fill in through the morning show and the night show. But we're getting back on track now. And I know that uh, a lot of people were wondering what had happened to the shows. Um, We did do these shows when I was hanging out with Michelle and Leah of the Resistance Chicks. So they were much longer and of different kind of different length and time. But all of this is kind of getting back. Um, After that, after Bards Fest, I went to Ohio, spent a week there. After Ohio, I went to Yuba City and up into the mountains out of Yuba City to do men's camp. And then spent the weekend in Yuba City. And then all last week, I was in Yuba City at the Church of Glad Tidings at Isaiah 61, which hopefully you all had a chance to watch. And if you didn't, it's online at at, uh, the Church of Glad Tidings. And it's broken down hour by hour on their Facebook page, which is great. Bards Fest is obviously available online as well. And if you're wanting to hear, re-hear all those great shows that the Resistance Chicks and I did, those are online. So it's all there. Everything's there. But it was disruptive to the normal event schedule, which I think in the future, what I'll be doing is just so everybody, I have a better idea of what is possible, I'll say it that way, during these really diff- these very intense moments of travel. And I don't do a lot of travel, as you know, by dis- by design. But when we do, I try to block it and do a lot of it. So it'll make a little better planning for the future. But nonetheless, happy to be back. It's um, been a little too long from the normal schedule, and I'm looking forward to kind of digging in. Now, tonight we're going to dig into a very interesting topic. And this is not a topic you will find anywhere. This is why I'm going to introduce to you a new idea tonight. It's called Seventh Generation Warfare, but we're going to set the foundation to understand what what are generations of warfare, what does that look like, and kind of get you understanding of where things are going. And literally, even though in the concept of warfare, when you talk about generations of warfare, it means they're evolving and some are in the future. We are currently in what's called fifth generation warfare, treading on the edge of sixth generation warfare. And tonight, I'm going to show you 7th Generation Warfare and how we are actually actively involved in that type of fight right now. Before we get going, we are dealing with psychopaths, which you well know, and they want to control the world, which you well know. And these psychopaths are uh, wanting to cause all sorts of mayhem. And that would be including things like EMPs. EMPs are electromagnetic pulse weapon systems, which can be detonated in various different forms, nuclear blast in the air, an actual EMP device. But it also can have the same effect when you're doing massive lightning strikes, which would be things like weather warfare and also solar flares. 
So you need a protection for that, for the equipment and facilities that we have. We, got, we have a lot of electronics in our house. The whole idea of an EMP is to fry the circuits or motherboards and make it impossible to use these pieces of equipment. And even though you may be able to repair them, it's such massive broad-scale damage that you're just isn't, there isn't an ability to recover quickly. So you need something to protect it, and that would be EMPShield.com. Go to EMPShield.com. You can use your BARS code. It's $50 off per unit. You get free shipping, all a good deal. And the great thing about this product is they have different ones designed for your different things in your life. So they have one for the home. They have one for your solar system. They have one for a fixed generator. They have one for your vehicles. They have one for your ATVs, one for your camper, RVs, that sort of stuff. So check it out, empshield.com. Fantastic resource library of where things are designed and and their testing standards, which is all tested here in the United States, all built in the United States. And they also have installation guides that are fantastic and a pretty in-depth discussion about what you need. Highly recommend the product. I have them. I use them. They're great to have. Gives you a lot of comfort of mind, especially as I'm traveling around, to know that that thing is in the Jeep and protecting everything on the electronics on board. So, again, EMPShield.com. Promo code is BARDS, which is obviously the best promo code on the entire web. And away we go. All right, a couple other just kind of housekeeping announcements. People have been asking. I'm going to put it out here. We're starting to clamp down on the Telegram uh, family room channel. And I've said this politely, but I'm not going to be as polite. If you can't get in there and have discussions that are civil and just kind of move along, you're going to get muted once, and it'll be for a few days, and then you're going to be booted out. And we're not going to tolerate this anymore. There's, it's, I, this is how I feel, so I want you to hear how I feel. We built up Barsfest, and then we had a whole series of things happen we have a tremendous mod support in this group, tremendous. And people gave their heart and soul to Bartsfest and continue to give their heart and soul to these platforms for people to use. And part of the mods is just to regulate the events to make sure things don't get too out of hand. There is about 10 people that have decided to take it upon themselves to create massive disruption. That's immature, and it doesn't fit within the caliber of Bards Nation. And you know who you are. And you are being silenced now. And if you do it again, you'll be removed permanently and I will ban you anything in the future. I take personal offense to it because of all the amount of effort that's put in volunteers and of the community as a whole and trying to turn good places sour simply because you're too immature to have a conversation. And I don't care about your political views, whether you like Trump or hate Trump. You know better than that on this channel. We can talk civilly. And we can talk in the framework of how biblical people and biblically grounded people can talk. And if that doesn't work with you, go somewhere else because it's literally that simple. And I just, I don't have any patience for it. So that's the first step. The second step is that we are going to, we are literally going to shut down Telegram over in about 15 to 20 days. I'm, I'm really kind of just rancid on the whole topic. Um, People are asking, like, are you going to shut down all the rooms? The answer is yes. And we will, you'll get a heads up on it. So if you're causing problems and you're enjoying causing problems, you're going to be silenced anyway. And we're going to a new forum, which we're building right now. We're in the final stages of testing it. It's fantastic. It'll, have your, it'll be able to create topics, but it's going to be on our website. You're going to have to register with your email and your name, whatever screen name you're using or name you're using, and your location by zip code. And the principle by this is now we can start to identify where people are regionally 
to encourage regional groups to exchange and start really building the connectivity of uh, this whole process. Someone just wrote, what do you miss? Well, John, Joe, Joe, I'm going to tell you what you do. At the end of the show, you can hit rewind and you can watch the beginning. <laughs> but <laughs> glad you're here. So thank you for joining us. So um, we're going to we're going to nuke um, Telegram here in about 20 days. And I'm just, uh, I don't have any more patience with it. And it, it just creates, there's just such a disrespect that evolves out of social media that it really is part of, believe it or not, when you're acting and people are acting this way, you are participating in fifth generation warfare. That is part of what it does. So I'm not putting my finger in anybody, but you, we know who you guys are or who these, this group of people are. And it's unfortunate, but it's going to be better for everybody because we're going to move over to our own site, over to our own server. We're going to have all that in place. We're going to be able to build out better connectivity for the group and better topic themes to discuss things. And it's going to be um, able to be better screened and with emails, which is great because currently Telegram is just a mess. When we get your emails and I need the email so that we can email you. That's the whole point. We can send out, like if there's going to be a show change, for example, we can blast out to the community and say, hey, there's a show change tonight. If we're going to be um, sending out our newsletters, I want to know that we can post the newsletters on the site and alert everybody to it and send you the newsletter, which we, we've done. We've been working on that system to get our process down. All this is happening. This is really pretty exciting. So that's the big positive. And for me, it's like the big relief. It's like, oh, Telegram. Good. We're going to get rid of it. Oh, God, that place is just nauseates me sometimes. And I know that the mods are feeling the same way. And they're just like, I can't touch this place lately. It's rancid. And I'm like, yep, that's it. So, all right. One other quick thing. Um, I traveled for four and a half weeks. Last night, came back late, got home about nine. Did a show late last night after at about 11. I, I don't even, I hope it turned out okay. I, I was... It was so difficult to do that show last night. I was so tired. I started just almost like fall asleep during the show, which is crazy, but that's how tired I was. Anyway, it is, it is, it is what it is. And I, if I do shows like that, I don't pull them. I put them up and you can suffer through my sleepwalking, talking, whatever that is. It's good. But here's the deal. I crashed last night in my bed and which is my, what I call my, my pillow bed. It's uh, my pillow sheets, Giza cotton sheets, which are awesome. The, my pillow 2.0 pillows, the my pillow comforter, all of that, and I'm telling you, I slept the best I've slept in four and a half weeks. I've been in hotels, I've been on the camping, I've been, and I, I've stayed at some friends in Yuba City, and they have a wonderful room and a wonderful bed. But when I got snuggled into my my pillow stuff, rocks it off the charts. So that's what you need to do for yourself. Treat yourself, man. Head over to mypillow.com, mypillow.com. Use the most famous, most bestest, like that word, bestest, bestest promo code in the entire web. That's BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. And get yourself a MyPillow 2.0. Get yourself some Giza cotton sheets. Get yourself some towels. Get yourself a, a comforter. All these things. Great stuff, great products, great discounts when you use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S. So head over to MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS, promo code BARDS, and we're off to the races. Okay. So I think we got pretty much our housekeeping going going along. Really good morning show. Remember, our morning shows are at 6 a.m. That's on. These are Pacific times. 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. That's our morning prayer worship called Bended Knee. 
for any of you that are new. It's awesome. It, it is. Uh, I love doing them in the morning. I, we had done this in the afternoon. It's so nice to move it back in the morning, kind of get our days going. This show is every day, Monday through Friday at 6 uh, p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then we have the 9 p.m. Pacific midnight show, Eastern Time, which is Fishers of Men. All the Fishers of Men shows starting tonight are now focused on healing, prayer, and deliverance, all that. And that's how we're doing that. And we're going to start having some guest speakers come in once a week on the Fisher Show. So I'm kind of doing some change up a little bit to make the programs a little more rich and really focused. So it's pretty good. Here's where we are at. We are currently in the state of war, unlike anything we've ever seen. And that should be pretty evident. This type of warfare is conventionally called fifth-generation warfare, though we have other types of warfare going on in and around it. I want to start with giving you kind of a context, and I, it's been a while since I've done this, which I think is really important and relevant that we go over it. We are currently, in, like I said, in fifth-generation warfare. We need to understand what that means in context of war. First-generation warfare is really more of an ancient and what they call post-classical battles. Um, They were fought with massive amounts of manpower using everything from like phalanx or line or column type tactics with uniformed soldiers. And uh, they were all governed by some form of a nation state. Now that came to an end around the mid 19th century. And that was a result of rapid improvements in the range, accuracy, and rate of fire of many weapons. Prior to that, many of the weapons were limited. Like long range weapons might be a trebuchet, which is a type of a catapult. There were other forms of weaponry, but muskets, things like this in the later evolution, earlier iterations, it would have been spears and bows and crossbows, etc. But it was always about mass amounts of armies facing off against each other under the rule of some king or nation state and um, weighing waste to humankind thanks to the the fallen teaching God's children how to kill each other instead of getting along. Now, second generation warfare was more what they call industrial warfare. And it evolved after the invention of the rifle, what they call the rifled musket and the breech loading weapons. And it continued through the development of the machine gun and the indirect fire. So this was the evolution of warfare we see today, where you have Riflings is important because it increases accuracy. That's the rifled musket. Uh, The breech-loading weapons, which would be artillery-type things. And continuing on through machine gun. And then indirect fire was a big development in warfare because it allowed you to receive supporting fire and destroy the enemy and targets with weapon systems that were placed far behind enemy lines. As the troops fought on the front line, then these indirect weapons could sit behind. Indirect weapons also include things like mortars, and just so we understand what that means, it has to do with the arc of flight. And so the mortar is a kind of a high-angle arc of flight. It doesn't have any sort of propellant behind the, the system. It, 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 it has a charge, it explodes, and then this, what, this little bomblet, if you will, fires high altitude and comes down and drops on the target. But it's always in the support of the troops on the front line and also going beyond that to soften the targets where the troops are going. Now, that second-generation warfare was created by the U.S. military 
as a term, and it was actually created late in in the in the 80s. Um, but is it also incorporates things like the widespread use and effective use of motorized vehicles in the battle and combined arms. So that really takes us quite a ways through um, most of these tactics. In, in, so there's a bit of an overlap you're going to see here because that includes tactics of World War One, World War Two, and even late into the 80s. Now, third generation warfare. And you'll notice all of these, there's a consistent theme. Up to this point, this is what we call kinetic warfare, and it's where literally weapons to destroy human beings. So thir the third generation warfare focuses on using late modern technology derived from tactics that leverage speed, stealth, surprise to bypass the enemy's lines and collapse their forces from the rear. Now, it was the, this is literally the end of linear warfare on a tactical level, and it's a, situ a situation where units are just simply weren't able, weren't meeting each other face to face, but we're doing an end around. Now we saw this evolve in Iraq one, where there was the use first use of the F one seventeen stealth bomber to bomb the Iraqi infrastructure, and there was a high speed bypass that went around the Iraqis through their front lines and cut them off from behind. That was kind of indicative of this. This includes armored units, military aircraft, airborne airborne forces, and it, these are all increasingly important operations. They use the concepts of a blitzkrieg and deep operation. So blitzkrieg is the German technique where they overwhelm the enemy all of a sudden massively with massive amounts of armor and military on the target to in a ma massive and powerful push, which then collapses the the. Uh, We'll say that the enemy's attempt to defend and then this mass amount of wave that comes in is just, it has one objective, go as hard and as fast with as mass amount of things as you can moving forward. Third generation warfare includes all that, including stealth, which is invisible to radar, and using units that can go deep within and, and operate deep from behind. Now, fourth generation warfare, notice we're all talking man on the ground here, people involved in the warfare, which is very critical at this point in time. So fourth generation warfare is, um, was, and someone just wrote here, shock and awe. That's actually a good point. Uh, shock and awe in Iraq was, was the term they used. And it was that because it kind of, they, when they were beginning bombed in Iraq one, they didn't even know the source of that. They had, they couldn't see the aircraft on their radar. So you saw a lot of this anti-aircraft fire in the middle of the night, just scour, showering up into the sky. And in, in fact, the original plan for Iraq one was to hit the targets during the day when all of the Iraqi um, government was in the buildings at their office. They chose for a variety of political reasons to hit it at night. And the I say this with a bit of a, just the laughter because the whole purpose of the initial use of the stealth aircraft was to be able to fly in the day and not be seen by radar so that they could destroy the entire governmental infrastructure, which included people, so that they would collapse the government. Choosing to go at night for a variety of political reasons, they ended up bombing the same buildings, destroying the, the physical infrastructure, and all of the people involved in the government were kept alive. So you just kind of weigh how effective that was. And hence, we were there for what, like eight years killing people and having and slaughtering whole societies and having our troops killed. 
warfare. I'll tell you something else. Fourth generation warfare. It's characterized by what they call a postmodern return to decentralized forms of warfare, blurring the lines between war and politics, combatants and civilians due to states' loss of their near monopoly of combat forces, returning to the modes of conflict common in post in pre-modern times, which would include guerrilla groups, private military contractors, and paramilitary organizations that play a very important part in fourth generation warfare. This is less of the formal army. Up to first, second, and third generation warfare, you're still using formal army infrastructure. Fourth generation warfare, you start to rely on guerrilla forces. By the way, Hamas, which is in the middle right now of trying to fight the the Israeli government, I'm going to really be careful how I talk about this because I, I'm this whole war over there, they just all need Jesus. I'm dead serious. And if someone asked me today, it's like, I don't understand what's going on in the Middle East. I'm like, essentially, it's pretty easy. Um, Hamas and the large percentage of the, of the for, for forces fighting Israel all, all denounce Jesus as their Messiah. And the Israeli government all denounces Jesus as their Messiah. So there that kind of gives you the sense of the picture. And caught underneath all of this are those that have nothing to do with any of that, in particular the Christians in Israel that are being persecuted because they use the word Jesus. So there's your war. So fourth generation warfare, we're seeing things like Hamas, we're seeing things like suicide bomber attacks. We're seeing a very un unconventional methodology towards warfare that breaks down the conventions of military to military. Guerrilla warfare tactics, which ironically we used in establishing this country, return to a formal way of doing business in fourth generation warfare. Special forces becomes a critical element in fourth generation warfare more so than any other type of warfare because they're training local guerrilla forces to operate in and around their own people. That's really important to get. Uh, private military contracts, contractors, Blackwater or, or others that are out here in that sense are used because they're outside of the rules of government and they're able to do things in latitudes that don't happen otherwise. And so that gives them a, all, every government uh, deniability that, of what's going on. And that's where this warfare gets really blurred and really gray and can get extremely ugly because there's no accountability to these types of operations that are going on. Governments have deniability and they, yet they fund them to go do ugly things. Fourth generation warfare is not linear and it's part of what we're witnessing coming across our border in the South right now. This is a preparation for fourth generation warfare where they are coming in in mass, they're fighting age males, they come in without weapons, they come in, they look normal, they don't wear a uniform, they're gonna infiltrate into cities, infiltrate in across the country, and then at a certain point these units will activate, they'll find weapons caches and they'll take, take to the streets and go to arms. And then you're gonna to have to discern, like, is that dude good or bad, but there's no other markings on him, What's what his only designator is the ideology he has in his head. That's fourth generation warfare. Now you'll notice that these things are starting to overlap. We are currently in fifth generation warfare. And it's we are hallmarked by fifth generation warfare. And why this is important is that we are in probably one of the most massive types of this warfare. We we didn't even conceive fifth generation warfare in, in uh, 2013 when I was working out of Fort Meade, it was just a theory. We are currently in a global fifth generation war with fourth generation warfare under underneath it. That's really important to understand. There are still some third generation warfare actions going on. That would be Ukraine right now. 
as an example, Ukraine and Russia. Fourth generation warfare is ongoing because the example I would give is what's going on in Israel and other places around the world, Africa, South America to some degree, and what's going on in our southern border. Fifth generation warfare is global. It's the one thing that binds it all together. And how, what's, what defines it? It's non-kinetic. That's important because that means it's not using bullets, knives, rockets, grenades, whatever. And it's part of a very well-organized military action. But military is put in quotes as a, in a pluralized term because some of this is being done through formal militaries, against targets. Some of this is being done by a organized criminal cabal under a banner of some sort of financial or ideological thing and waging war always against people. What's being used in its, its key to fifth generation warfare is social engineering. Key to that, misinformation and cyber attacks. Social engineering would be um, very, and I, this will probably get some feathers in a tussle, but that's okay. The Q program, which pretty much everybody in the Great Awakening was aware of or, and has hopefully read just because it's interesting. The Q program is a social engineering weapon system for fifth-generation warfare. That's not taking a side of whether it's good or bad, but that's what it is. Your politicals out here using their campaign speeches and all of the sort of political ads that go out, that's a form of social engineering. Uh, misinformation is what comes out of the news every single day they open their mouth. And it's what's in their headlines, and it's what's being organized to distort truth and cyber attacks ongoing in various forms. They also employ in fifth-generation warfare technologies such as artificial intelligence and fully autonomous systems. And we're seeing that evolve in the latter part of this warfare. Um, its domain of warfare that it tries to dominate and control is information, and the most critical word of this is perception. You control the perception of reality. You control the people. And if you control their mind, you control the people. So this is, this is the format of warfare. So we are currently operating with a primary global operation of warfare against the free people of the world of fifth-generation warfare. That warfare is being waged against us by organized criminal cabals, hijacked governments, news agencies, media outlets, um, the, what comes out of the entertainment industry. It also includes warfare in the same model of lawfare, political fair, political warfare, and even education, which is critical in the fifth generation model, bringing, getting seizing control of the, of, the terrain, of the terrain of the education system to start using misinformation and social engineering as the critical components to destroy a society and shape it for their control. In fifth generation warfare, it's a long game. And what they're looking at right now in the long game is that if they can corrupt and they can use these forms to socially re-engineer children, they will have control over the battlefield in 10 or 20 years. That's their goal and that's how it works. That's where our information counteroffensive with truth is so important. Then we jump into from this the next level of warfare, which is a little bizarre. And, and I want to, it's already being used, but you kind of get a grip of it, a grip on it. And this is sixth-generation warfare. Now, a lot of people will tell you sixth-generation warfare is not in, in effect right now. That's not true. It's very much in effect, but we don't see it as much. But I'll give you a couple of examples. Here's the general outline of what sixth-generation warfare is. And it, it basically, it leverages sophisticated technology to manipulate time and space. 
As Arthur C. Clarke said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean like you're going to have like Doctor Who and his TARDIS moving time? That's not really what they're getting at. They're, they're hijacking and using the backdoors of technology to reshape the perception of time and space. So let me give you an example. There was an attack done by the Israeli Air Force that destroyed the French-built Osiric nuclear reactor just outside Baghdad uh, during Operation Opera. That was in June, on the 7th of June, 1981. Iraq was in the middle of a war with Iran at the time, and Israeli jets executed an undetected reconnaissance runs into Iraqi airspace during the conflict, finding a blind spot in the Iraqi radar coverage on their border with Saudi Arabia. Using that blind spot at, which is 1835 hours, which for those of you that don't know military time, that's 635, on June 7th, Eight F-16A Israeli fighter jets entered Iraqi airspace undetected and hit the dome of the reactor with eight of the 16 2,000-pound bombs they deployed. The Iraqi air defense saw nothing abnormal on their radar screens. That's the perception in the sixth-generation model of changing the idea of time and space. There was no evidence that they existed because they were able to get into the system itself, exploit the system from within, and literally erase the existence of the fighters on the screen, right? It's, these, these are some of the leverages that they use. This is, there's various different types of this. There, here is a, another perspective of this. It's crazy, but we're getting into some very high-tech stuff when we get into sixth-generation warfare. The other one is that this is an ability to exploit fiber optics. So um, when we have a fiber optic signal and we're tracking it, it's, it's basically two light bands that are pushing through a fiber optic. NSA has figured out how to remodulate those light waves so that they're slightly out of sync. And in the middle of those light waves, they can install massive amounts of information. Why is that important? One, they can deliver information undetected to change the outcome of something. Two, they can bypass security to br bring about information that might destroy something. So, or change the whole perspective of a war, for example. This is all at the center of trying to change the concept of time and space. Imagine looking at your screen and, and everything is going fine while the world burns down and not even knowing it happened until you got up the next morning, walked outside and went, wow, my neighbor's houses are all gone. It's all about using high levels of technology to manipulate your perception of time and space and to erase things, to remove things. This is where artificial intelligence has a huge impact for them. We see this in different forms of like Google rewriting history before our very eyes. Do you go back? I think that one could argue effectively that some of this is even an outcome of the Mandela effect. You remember seeing something, you go back to find it, and it's, the name has changed. Luke, you are my father, apparently isn't what they say anymore. Um, this is all elements of sixth generation warfare. And it, what it does is it creates a plurality within truth that is impossible to tell where you sit and where you're anchored. And that creates dysphoria for the people and it allows them and it creates an incredible ability to control people in the end because they're totally out of sync. This is the reality of the world we live in. Now I'm going to introduce you to seventh generation warfare. And I have to give some credit where credit's due because... This is something we've been I've been working with, but Brad was doing some Brad Cummings was doing some praying on this and really brought this to me. He said, What do you think about this? And I said, dude, that is exactly what this is. So 
Um, Brad was kind of the impetus of me maturing this idea here. So what, what is seventh generation warfare? And seventh generation warfare is actually the, the warfare planes of spiritual and physical. And it's very important to understand the reason for this. In sixth generation warfare, when you become this, the dysphoria that occurs, which is actually what they're doing right now and trying to move you into meta and these areas where truth and the reality become completely pluralized. You don't know where you are. And so you exist within, whether it's however you exist in your life, truth is a constant plurality and you can't see through the, literally can't see through the matrix. In seventh generation warfare, now we're bringing in the power of faith, our anchoring in our Savior Jesus, and our ability to anchor there and use that one as a pivot, which is our rock of faith, to find truth, and then to be able to wage war in spiritual planes that now affect the physical. Now, we should all know that one. That's pretty straightforward. That's straight biblical. And in the Bible, they definitely don't call it seventh generation warfare. I am claiming that tonight just for the sake of this conversation and probably more down the way. But seventh generation warfare is where we're literally waging war in the spiritual realm and we're affecting things in the physical. I can give you great examples of this. Healing is a good example. As we pray into the spiritual realm for healing, and especially as we use methods of deliverance and and prayer healing, and we're using that force of the kingdom with us, we're affecting things in the physical realm that manifest in the physical, in the spiritual, I'm sorry, that manifest in the physical, to where we can literally see bones heal, miraculous healing, people being able to walk, people being able to speak, people being able to see. This is all what Jesus did. But as he told us, we can do all of that plus greater works. Where this gets really powerful is when you are dealing with a, a byproduct of fifth and sixth generation warfare, where people are confused and disoriented in the world. The methods and approaches of seventh generation warfare can now dislodge the effects of those warfare to return people to a center point of truth and anchoring them in the foundations of scripture and be able to walk in this world without being affected. That means effectively getting their armor back on, their wounds healed, and so forth. Very important elements here, okay? Very important elements. This warfare that we are waging right now, we are in seventh-generation warfare, and that's something very clear to understand. Isaiah 61 last week with at, through the Church of Glad Tidings is an is a way to understand the type of warfare we're dealing with and the tools you can use in that to fight at the seventh generation warfare model. And it's you are dealing with elements of demonic you and demonic release. You are dealing with elements of deep trauma that we're trying to release and get people back to be free again. You are dealing with elements of deep healing and spiritual healing. You are dealing with prayer as a weapon system. You are dealing with love as one of your primary weapons and tools in your arsenal. You are understanding the principles of, say, the mechanics like breaking soul ties, of being able to wield the sword of the spirit, being able to understand the power of the word and using this as a weapon system. This is seventh generation warfare. And it is extremely powerful. And overall, it truly is a system that can destroy all other forms of warfare. It can disarm. And the beauty about seventh generation warfare is it doesn't harm other than if you're a demon, and then you're probably going to get cast to the lake of fire. But that's up to Jesus, because in, in the true sense of it, we don't cast into the lake of fire. At least, I mean, that's a debate. We can all talk about that all day long. But typically, we're just we're submitting to the power of, of Christ and whatever he wants to do with those demonic forces. Though I do love 
talking about it, like throwing a demon into the lake of fire. There's nothing finer than hearing that thing scream. So we are using the tools that God gave us in this fight and, and using them instead of just, you know, I have no power, the world is over me. We are stepping in as children of the Most High in seventh generation warfare. And we're saying, look, we are not of this world. We operate in with kingdom authority. We're stepping into this world as stewards. We are facing off against the weapon, the types of warfare that have been prostituted, populated, inoculated, distributed, use a whole bunch of other adjectives, by effectively the fallen who broke ranks with God to bring this system down to earth to teach man to fight and destroy each other. And we're stepping in going, we are warriors. We're warriors of the Most High. As warriors, we have a healing heart, and we will heal the children of God with no love for demons because we don't do business with demons or the demonic, and we will wage war. And we will wage war with the most sophisticated, most advanced tools of of warfare ever deployed, and those are the tools given to us and the authorities given to us by heaven. That includes the gospel, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It includes healing the sick and broken. That includes casting out demons. That includes raising the dead. And that includes doing greater works than he. All of those. And understanding which, what we're doing then, we're operating both in a spiritual and physical plane when we do this type of warfare. And we're addressing problems first in the spiritual to tear down fortresses using spiritual weapons, not the weapons of flesh. We are dismantling the control mechanisms that that affect people's lives here, essentially cutting the threads of the puppet masters. And then in so doing, we are then able to zero in on the warfare here on the ground, which that can be like the physical aspect of deliverance, of freeing people, the aspect of interface with people to do inner healing. And at times, it may include, depending on how God leads, an actual physical conflict by the hand that God would lead in the fight. That would be David, for example. Could be Gideon's example. Could be Joshua's example. Those are three. Most important aspect to seventh generation warfare is our sole commander is Jesus. And we take our directions from him and we take our directions from an empowerment of what to do and the knowledge we gain through the Holy Spirit. That all translates down to a discipline in warfare that's unprecedented in any historical warfare. I can take a monkey and teach him how to shoot a cannon. I can take a monkey and tell him to run a grenade up to the line. I can do that with a, with a rat. But to operate in the seventh generation warfare, one has to be pure in heart, they have to be saved in their acceptance of Jesus Christ as their Savior. They have to have gone through measures of deliverance to rid themselves and purify their heart with the burdens of the past and any sort of demonic attachments that may have happened. They need to be baptized both in water and in fire, which is fire is the Holy Spirit. Those are elements that frame the effectiveness of a spiritual warrior in this seventh generation warfare fight. And in doing so, your greatest weapon you have in the fight is your field manual, hence Bards FM, your field manual. But your field manual is the Bible. And getting yourself into the Word to understand that what the Bible is giving you are the tools of warfare to combat all of these other forms of kinetic warfare that ultimately have their root 
with the fallen and the fallen technologies. So we are at we are at such an incredible level right now and where we've moved as a whole body in Bart's nation, and that's witnessed by what we saw at um, at Bart's Fest. And I will tell you, it, it was amazing because we saw at Bard's Fest what we would classify as miracle healings. We saw at Bard's Fest deliverance. We saw at Bard's Fest the power of truth in giving us a grounding and a footing. We saw at Bard's Fest the power of worship and what that does and the elevation and the, the power of love and healing and coming together and breaking bread. We created the foundations of a mighty army there. And what happens then? That army was trained. It was literally preparing the saints for the work of the ministry. All of those tools were imparted and given, and then people went out into the world, as you do now, and you're now working and operating in a guerrilla fashion, which would be something that is very difficult for the enemy to isolate and destroy. You're not working within the limitations of the dead stone walls. You are not speaking from the pulpit of the skinny jean pulpit. You're speaking the truth and power of Jesus Christ. And you're not sitting on the pew in a pre-marshmallow, but getting up and bringing Christ into the world and all of the things that go with it. You become a lethal weapon system. And in seventh generation warfare, you are every engagement we have is a, is a potential engagement of victory. And for that matter, every engagement we have is the seeding of every victory, of bringing victory into the world. But it is very important to understand what we are and where we're operating. And it is not something that we have to shy away from. We have to get better at it. And that means training. That means focusing. That means reading the word. That means understanding what deliverance is. It means understanding what, how this operation works in the real world. Because in the world that we're at, the, the advantage that we have in working in seventh generation warfare is we place our focus, obviously, not only through our command control system, which is through Christ to the Father, but our, our war is waged first in the spirit and in the heavenly realms. And as we wage war there, we affect the outcomes. So as sixth generation warfare tries to brag to you about changing the perceptions of time and space, we don't have to worry about that because we're going to go to the root of what they're trying to do. We're going to go into the heavenly realms. We're going to siege and wage war against the fortresses of control and manipulation. We're going to break those bonds and ties, ultimately bring people out of their control, free and awaken the people of God, bring the children back, get them to accept Jesus, and then expand the ranks of the army as we can wage continued war against the entire systems of kinetic warfare and various forms of warfare that are being used against us. So I would say, go God, yay God. That's what I would say, because he's literally given us every tool needed to destroy all of this. And literally, great, as it was just put up here, no weapon forged against us or against you will prosper. This is actually true. And that's what happens when we operate in the seventh generation level. We have been given spiritual armor, which is much more than just spiritual armor. We have been given all the ability to protect our family, our lives, through the book, through our faith, through our worship in Jesus. We have been given clarity and understanding of information that completely bypasses the internet because we're taking our instruction through the Holy Spirit and all, the, all that is given to us. What it takes and it's, what it doesn't have is simplicity in the sense of I can't just turn on my screen, type in a word, and read a bunch of fake articles about something. What I do have to have is discipline. 
and the discipline of sitting quietly with God and knowing his face and being able to hear him and being able to understand the word he comes. Now, as a child, seventh generation warfare is actually pretty easy. It's very easy to teach. It's very easy for them to grab it. And it's very easy for them to operate in it. As adults, we've created a number of handicaps. And those handicaps happen to be what we would call, qualify ourselves as sin. So those things like porn addictions, probably one of the worst possible corruptive mechanisms anybody can do because you lose the ability to hear and to see without the corruption in your mind the word of God. And furthermore, you, you hinder and limit completely limit the ability to see into the spirit and also you you completely corrupt the ability of the prophetic. But when you take all that impurity out of your system, which comes about through deliverance, it comes about through through salvation, it comes about through repentance, and we start to bring those out and we have we're praying to have many of these things cleansed from us through our baptismals of water and fire. Now you're starting to operate more effectively in the realm. So as you look at it like this, we have to put ourselves through effectively a basic training, and then we have to have an advanced training, and then we have to be deployed into the world to fight. Basic training essentially is to go through a process which would include accepting Christ, repenting for our sins. It would be to do deliverance, to unburden ourselves from the things that we have done, demons that have attached to us, the, the emotional and deep spiritual wounds that we carry, and to free yourself from that. Ultimately, to be baptized in water and fire. There's your basic training. Your next is your advanced training, which is where you're going to go through a, a process of coming in touch with your gifts and talents, whether it's the prophetic, whether it's being able to memorize scripture, whether it's healing, whether it's deliverance, maybe it's all the above, and then working in those disciplines to enhance your operational capability. At that point, essentially, as you start to step out of that process to where you have the fundamentals, where you can operate on your own, without having to be instructed or guided, you're now ready to graduate and head into the world as a lethal weapon system against evil. And that's now you're operating as a soldier or even special operator in the realms of seventh generation warfare, waging war in the spiritual to affect the many things in the physical. And that's where we are. It's a glorious time to be alive. And it's a fantastic bit of understanding and uh, to, to realize that we have been given all the tools of warfare we need to win. And in fact, as God does, as they're trying to noodle around, trying to tell you, well, what sixth generation warfare is and what's not, this idea tonight of seventh generation warfare is metaphorically this or symbolically this. God's ahead of everybody. He does not waiting for them. He's just jumping ahead going, hey, here's the tools you need. Now, look at their systems, realize how ineffective they are to the systems I've given you. Use these tools of war and wage war and decisively destroy the enemy. And that's what we need to do. And it all centers on the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible as a whole, Old and New Testament, and prayer. And when you get those fundamental things down, we are now engaged to win. We are, remember, we are always praying from victory, not to victory. Let's pray. Father, we're very humbled tonight. And we come here this evening by our own free will, having had an overview of the forms of warfare as you have led, and truly starting to look at what you've given us and positioned us to do on the battlefield to win. 
Father, we're reminded in this moment in time that no one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends. And as we see the ranks of this army build, we embrace that call in this hour where we literally step up as children of the Most High to step and engage in this combat and this war as seventh generation warfare fighters to destroy decisively the systems of war that have caused such pain and damage to the world and continue to wage war on the minds and perceptions of truth to leave people crippled, disabled, permanently maimed, or worse, destroyed at the hand of another. So Father, we step before you today and say we are here and ready. Send us. For the tools you have given us of war are tools that define victory. We ask now that you guide us in this hour, protect us, open ourselves up to the glory of the Holy Spirit, to fill ourselves with all of the tools that we need for this war and all that you're willing to give. And as we do this, Father, and step into this fight, we are prepared now to wage a war at a level never before seen, a world war against this enemy that works primarily from the central places of our faith, our love in Jesus, and the power of love. Guide us and protect us in this hour. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, patriots, it's time to engage in warfare. There's a lot of it to do and a lot of enemy to destroy and a lot of people to be freed. That's the most important part. Our form of warfare isn't seeking to harm. It's seeking to heal, seeking to mend, heal, set people free, and bring them into the ranks of the army and body of Christ. And that we can do. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight, a couple hours, at Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer. 
to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 